Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. This is episode 81. We're doing a Code of Honor episode this week. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. All right, gentlemen, I have got the captain's chair, and as you both know, I love captaining Code of Honor. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite episodes to do, one of the types of episodes to do, because I love the philosophical discussion. And this is where it gets as deep as it's going to get for us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. Yes, steaming and, pile. And listeners, let me tell you, he loves it, but he handles it very well. Absolutely. His head doesn't swell, so he can't get back out of the basement <laughs> or anything like that. He really does an awesome job with this. And that's why he's called the hammer. That's right. Oh, and I've got some Oh, this is, I must have the hammer when we do this. Oh, yeah, this is the first time we've ever done this one here. You Sorry. went and bought a Mjolnir. Well, I didn't. I didn't buy it. I was gifted it. Well, that's even better then. by yeah. someone at work when he moved on. So we have a mighty Monier oh, wow. for uh, for Robert to hammer with. Okay, so that yes. way you can uh, you can uh, smack so, the table if you want to. It won't come back. Can you throw it? It won't come back. No, oh, damn. Yeah, you no. might you might break up a, a little bit of uh, Nakatomi Plaza. We yeah, don't well, want. We don't want to do that. No, no, no. But he's because Mrs. Martin might not might not let me come back over to play anymore. That's right. we well, it's just my stuff, so she won't care. Oh, well, that's, that's true. It'd be an excuse to get rid of your stuff. So yeah, we don't <laughs> want to do that. Stuff <laughs> tell him point to where you want him to go, and it's like the yeah. commercial. You know, yeah. point and boom, it's gone. Right. I'm, I'm very fortunate, listeners, down here in Studio M. Uh, I've gotten to pretty much this is the Sanctum Sanctorum. Oh, very Doctor Strange of you. Yes, and yes. it's it really does not have uh, much of a ladies' touch here. It is yes. it's my stuff, and it's all. It's kind of arranged by interest and... Yes, yes. It, it, it's, That's cool. I was able to... Do, with the way this space is laid out, um, I'm a big fan of... Or a big collector and interest in globes and maps because I used to make maps for a living. So I've got one wall that's full of old globes. True, true, yeah. Uh, and I find them fascinating because you can date them, of course. It's history. It's yeah. history laid out right there. So, so you, just look yeah. for the one that says USSR on it. Yep, it's kind of not <laughs> uh, yeah, that way anymore. Yeah, look for British Honduras and look Czechoslovakia. For, yeah, oh, that's and, right. and, and Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. That's and stuff like that, and you get a date. And then I've got one wall um, that uh, is kind of a railroad theme uh, because my wife's uncle worked for a, a railroad uh, here in town for a long, long time. So I've got a couple of railroad prints and a. A lamp that he made out of a railroad lantern. And then, you know, I've got kind of one bookshelf there that's a family thing. My mom and dad's stuff. Um, and then the, the bar is called Nightfall. Yes, for yes. For Bellarmine. So that's we right. have a, a Bellarmine-themed bar. Uh, right I here. love that. Which we all love to belly up to as often yes, as we yes, can. Yes. So, some of us have plenty of belly to belly up. I was wondering if we were going to go there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'm really thrilled to host the guys and host this recording session here at Studio M. You know, you and I both are lucky enough to have a, a man cave. Uh, your man cave does not does not exist uh, anymore. It's okay. You, you it's moved. upstairs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's upstairs. He's got absolutely. kind of a man penthouse. He does. That's, he has that's a man exactly penthouse. right. Well, the top floor of the Baxter building is pretty nice. I'll give yeah, you nice. That. Now, you do share it, though, but it is really... Do I? Well, he has well, he has a sanctum sanctorum. Well, no, space. you share the the penthouse because it, it oh, your, the penthouse, yeah, because yeah, your your son has a room. Up well, yeah, there. yeah, it, it's the whole penthouse. Uh, it, but yeah. it's it's man territory. It's, but that is correct. There's testosterone everywhere. That's yeah, for sure. That's right. Because room. Mrs. Francis in your room 
is downstairs on the first that's floor. That's correct. Yeah, she's kind of she has the rest of the house. As, you well, know, that's the way it works. That's the way you know, I have works. my basement. You have your basement. You have the penthouse. They get the rest. That's pretty much almost it. everything that is quintessentially mine is in the basement. That's right. Uh, where I, she can't see it. Well, we also have we have <laughs> we have the game room upstairs too, which is what we're kind of calling that one den area. Right. And it's and I got to decorate that uh, with my son. He he insisted that I decorate it uh, in manly comic book ways, which we've done. So, now that's not a phrase you hear very often. <laughs> As, but you should. But you should. Absolutely. But I get it. I agree. Absolutely. Because there's, it's, it's all that sort of stuff up there. And I was given free reign to do all that in it's, those it's, two spaces it's only. It's very of Sheldon and Leonard space. Yes. You know, I think we've all done the same thing. We have made areas of our man space by subject or area of interest. Yes. So in mine, you know, I've got the two halves. Now, granted, right now I'm sharing part of mine because my, my brother is uh, staying with us. Uh, but, you know, currently my office area is my business-related stuff and my theology books. Mm-hmm. Where my computer is. Computers. And then over in the, the entertainment area, I've got, you know, the, the long bookshelf of comic-related stuff and history and fiction. Yeah. Uh, as well as the comics in their, their mm-hmm. storage Absolutely, area. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then behind that, though, I've got my my com- my true comic area as far as or not true comic area, but the other part of it is I've got the drawing table and, and, the, and art, the prints yeah. and the art and what have you. So uh, it all it is all very much this is this area is for this and this area yeah. is for that. Yes, yes. yes. Well, we I all have, have nice libraries too. The I libraries, yes. yes, and and so we've got the libraries, and uh, I don't have a comic book space. True. I have a gun space instead. Well, yes, <laughs> the gun room. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, well, you know. but it, yeah, it, it's funny how our spaces all include library. Uh, all shows. all me, Renaissance men of affairs should have a library of something. I just think that you're kind of, that's kind of what you do as a guy. You should have a great library. Yeah, I, I am very much a person who feels that books ought to figure into your life some way. Yes. Absolutely. And this kind of circles back to where we are because that's where wisdom is kept. That's the repository. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we're able to pull what we what we do here because I like to think all three of us are well-educated and well-read. And uh, there are consequences that come from that. There is fruit that is you know, born out from that. And this episode is just one of those obvious ways yeah. that that happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, our libraries all take different forms. You know, we all have yep. different things in them. but yep. uh, Some similarities. Uh, yeah. Quite a few similarities, common interests. Uh, it's one of the things that makes this a great triumvirate. Yes. Is because we complement each other's primary areas of interest. You know that's that's interesting. There's overlap, but each of us are our, our own experts in certain areas. Uh, listeners, Mr. Francis here is our resident expert on English history. That's true. I, I have a couple, three books on it, but you've got you've got, got cases. Down. I have got full. a book for every English king from William the Conqueror up through the last Catholic king, Henry the Seventh, plus many in between. So the last <laughs> good king. Uh, you can see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, little little My joke shelf there. is a little heavier on 19th century American history, like we discussed last episode. Well, you have far more biogra- biographies. You do. Than, we uh, have Civil War shelves, though. Oh, we yes, both we you have, and yes, I do, Robert. Yeah, we so, do. Yes. Uh, uh, there, in fact, I, I don't even know how this happened, but probably 20 years ago, uh, there was for some reason a, a book publisher published. A whole hardback series of Civil War books. Yes. There were like 25, oh, yes. and we all have some of them. I think, yeah, I've got one over here. And the local bookstores had them, 
and they didn't sell many of them, so they reduced them down slowly. <laughs> five bucks a pop, or five something bucks like a that. pop, and we were able to, to uh, you know, to jump all over that. And I have a shelf full of them. You have a shelf full of them. You got some of them, and we don't all have the same ones. But some there of, is some overlap. There is some overlap. Some of them we do. I mean, and they're fantastic because they were these were these were reprints of older books on a shelf stable fashion and hardback. Yes, they really are kind of cool. Yeah, they're great resources. They are. And um, nice on the shelf too. Yeah, a lot of my stuff is now digital. Uh, although mostly it's my my reading for entertainment is digital. Yeah. Uh, things sure. that I like, you know, I like on the bookshelf. Oh yeah, I yeah. To... I am I am less of the ebook enthusiast than you guys are. I'm I don't know. There's something about appealing about having the pages. Well, and, if your eyesight that. works for that, that's great. Yeah. Even even though I had eye surgery last year, I gotta have great light. To see, to read a physical book, but with the backlight given by my iPad or my even my iPhone, I don't have that issue. Yeah. So I I'm read, naturally tending towards those ebooks now. I read less reason. on my iPad than I do on my my Android. Like, yes, I am a true Renaissance man. I have a Windows PC, an iPad, and an Android phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the tech bases covered. That's right. So yeah, I'm probably the most old fashioned on that. But you know, I am the person who will say to the family. Why are you asking me? You have the some knowledge of human experience in your hand or in your back pocket. Get yes. your phone out and find out. Google it. That's right. So, yeah, anyways, that is an incredibly long digression to we start are, out an episode. We walked around the barn about three times. We did. We we but did. I like that because it was uh, it, it's, it's a window. It's a window into, into it's us. Window into it's, snakes it's and otters. It's fun. Come on, guys. Well, you know, and that's important for Code of Honor. Because Code of Honor is the ultimate window into each of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Well, that's why we title it to what it is. Because we could have, we, we actually agonized a little bit about what are we going to call these. Because we, we could have thought great quotations. But that's not really what we wanted. Because it's not just a good quote. It's a good quote that says something. That's meaningful. That's that true. says something uplifting and uh, worth hearing. You know? I don't know about uplifting all the time. Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah, because we did that, that Nietzsche-themed uh, one. Nietzsche uh, was a downer. I'll give uh, you that. That was a bit of a downer, and, and of course mine was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. You know, well, but sometimes... God is dead, Nietzsche. Nietzsche is dead, God. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes that points to the way things should be. You know, oh, yeah. you, you only notice the absence of something. There's something to learn from each of the quotes, so that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. there's always... It's, it's, it's a, that window into how we think, how we approach things... How we're alike, how we're different, yeah. uh, and, and wisdom. There's always a wisdom there. Yeah, we we uh, um, we hope. Well, I, the point so of far, books, the point. Think, yeah, well, it's it's the point of exploring what other people have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's one of those things in the current moment of a 20 year old thinks of something and he or she thinks they're the first one that ever thought of that. Right. And we're here to tell you that no. Gregory of Toulouse thought of that in 1354, <laughs> uh, or something. You know, I'm making that up, but you know, you're not the first person to think of that idea. And we're that we're that funnel that's that's putting that out there for people. That's right, because there's lots of great things any of us can take from yes. this. You there's know, it, there's a lot to learn from what <coughs> yeah, others right. have said before. Don't kick out the past just because the past did not include TikTok. Oh, you aren't you the jaded one? <laughs> well, I, you know, it, it is a common theme that we come back to uh, in many ways that uh, the past, if it ever, if it ever totally loses its value, uh, I believe society is 
is on a uh, death watch. It's straight to the ovens. Express elevator yeah. to hell, gentlemen, going down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we also essentially, you know, it's on a death watch, uh, straight path to the ovens, or elevator to hell. I was quoting Hudson from <laughs> Aliens. You guys yeah. know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, you have to understand where you've come from to be able to, to, to have any point in where you're going. Yeah. Uh, because you're right, none of us almost never have an original idea. The only thing original is how we express them, mm-hmm. how we build off of them. What what they mean to you. Right. And that's the point of Code of Honor. No, it's is... a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Yeah. Well, and it's not really pointless. And they pretty much is eternal, though. Yeah, it, yeah. they are. They yeah, are. We, we, we always manage to get that in there somehow. And, yeah. and Code it's, of Honor is the one. It's worth something for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm so let's get started on this. Gentlemen, which one of you is going first? We did not decide that pre... You know, As we know, they go first... And whichever one wants to go first, it's up to them. But I always follow up, and I manage to tie it all together. That's yes. why I am called the, the hammer. hammer. The he hammer. Picks up the I think you'll way. have a challenge tying these together because I would like to go first. Go, please do. Oh, please a do. Challenge. So, yeah. Sometimes I'm, these quotes are things that I have sought out or come across, but sometimes they're things that, and this is just how my head works. Sometimes they're things that pop up in my head, and I'm. I was like, why is that in my head? In the current moment... I'm sorry. Dare we say spontaneous ejaculation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that came to me, but okay. That's okay. But it's well, okay. This it is... came to you after talking about Martin's head. Hmm. Oh, Lord. Let's not go there. No, not Skip a bit, there. brother. Skip a bit. So, yes, listeners, this is, this is a window into how Martin's brain works. Uh, and it's probably not something that you want your brain to work this way but of course the current moment is we're unfortunately still in the throes of the pandemic uh and in a really bad spot unfortunately um but i think it's in this moment it's easy to lose perspective about the pandemic is it serious yes do you want to catch it no but is it something you can manage and still proceed with your life? Yes, I think so. And the reason that is because this quote comes back in my head. And this quote is, is from a film, Michael Mann's Heat. If you've not seen Heat, it's from, what, 95, 96? Thereabouts, yeah. I have to uh, that, yeah. It very famously includes the big uh, bank robbery and shootout scene with uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino. Val and, Kilmer. And Val Kilmer. In the streets of Los Angeles. That's kind of what it's famous for. But a great ensemble cast. And this is one of Al Pacino's lines. And the setup is that he is meeting one of his snitches, Albert, in a bar. And he's meeting Albert's brother, Richie. And Richie's played by Tone Woke, the rapper. And Al Pacino's character, Vincent Hanna, is trying to get some information about the gang that he's after. And he's trying to draw this out of Richie. And Richie says, Hey, I get killed telling you this stuff. And Hannah's reply is, You get killed walking your doggy. It's a throwaway thing, but it if you think about that, it's, it's all about the how life can be kind of ephemeral. Uh, anything can happen. We could be in the middle of the pandemic and I could still get run over by a car. 
would they list my death as COVID related? I don't know. I mean, if I <laughs> test positive after I get run over by a pickup truck. And so it just, it, it plays on my mind that, yes, there's risk to life, whether we're in the pandemic or not, but manage your risk and try to move on. And don't, don't let fear dominate your life. And, and listeners, let me tell you something. I'm not a brave person. I didn't serve in the military. We can attest to that. I, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It was there. You said it. <laughs> no, you're I had right. to hit that you're pitch. Right. I, am, I am not a person who could jump out of an airplane. I don't even like being on ladders. I'm not a brave person, but I'm trying to not live in fear. Well, you know, fear or bravery doesn't have to be about putting yourself in physical danger. Matter of fact, I would argue that that is the least of the types of bravery that yeah. there are. Because it, too, is fleeting. Either you get past it or you die. Although there is the middle ground where you break your neck. But, you know. Well, um, yeah, that usually means dying, too. Uh, you could uh, well, you yeah, be paralyzed. Fine. But my point is, though, yeah. that rarely are the effects eternal. Yeah. Uh, you know, ah, okay. Well, I get the, you. you know, Except the dying part. That's eternal. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the handling of fear. Yeah, it's being well, afraid but still moving on. Nelson Mandela, I mean, most you know, most obviously, but many others have said that sort of thing. Yeah, right. You're right. Fear, fear is important. We cannot live without fear. Without fear that, you know, that comes from, uh, from pain. You know, pain, pain is what causes a fear. We fear the fire because we know that we'll burn our hand if we touch the hot stove. Right? Right, right. So fear is something we cannot live without. If we had absolutely no fear, you know, we wouldn't make it past our third birthdays. We'd be daredevil. We'd be daredevil. I was hoping that was going to come <laughs> up. Yes, that's right. There's only one. But he had a lot of things to compensate. Yeah. Uh, yes, he did. His, you, know, to, you know, to help him out with things. Um, so, yeah, fear is, is incredibly important. It's but an important it, anthropological important, uh, adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Otherwise, the species would not have survived. Right. Well, and everything has fear. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Every animal has fear. It, it's part of nature because it's part of how we're built. Is that we want to avoid pain mm-hmm. and seek pleasure. That's right. Survive and procreate. So as as Robin Williams once said, if we can't kill it, we'll screw it. Well, he didn't say screw. It. Mm-hmm. That's right. He he he, dropped, he used the f word. Yeah. Which he was famous for. Um, so you know it is important in learning how to manage that. Is is the ultimate test I think of not just character. But your ability to live fully, uh, a full, true person. I don't like to talk about uh, humanity as a sliding scale because that that has dangerous overtones. That, yeah. That because nobody is subhuman, but not everybody fully lives their humanity. Uh, each each responds according to their own gifts too. Yes. Uh, well, every, hopefully, every but man people, dies. Not every man really lives. Yes. And the ability to live good deal of that is learning how to deal with your fear to get past it yeah that's what i'm trying to do that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to really live i mean i hey uh you you've opened the door i'm gonna have to walk through it i'll give you a quotation from the great james t kirk risk is our business that's what the starship's about that's why we're aboard her oh my god i just realized last week we didn't do a single star trek quote (laughs) we didn't 
Oh, I'm falling down. I'm sorry. So we need two for we this episode. We need two. I'm sure we'll find another one. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, no Star Trek references when we talk about John Hay and the New American Century. That would be kind of hard to work in. We well, didn't, uh, I, hey, hey, have you ever known me not to make it work, though? Come true. on. I, I mean, it was really a hurdle. It would have been the high. It would have been Everest. Yeah. I, ju- I, just, and, I just missed it. But, you know, yeah. but seriously, though, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, you know, risk is, you know, <clears throat> we are human beings. Life itself is risk. Uh, there's there's no there's no way around that. What is acceptable and what is mitigated? That's yeah. the word that I think we didn't use that I kind of like to use yes, with regards to this pandemic. Word. You have because you cannot stop infection. You can't. People you can, will get. Yeah, you, you can limit it. You can limit it, which is mitigated uh, by being smart. Yeah, and that's what we're about to do, and that's, well, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and that, but that does not mean. Mitigation does not fall to the expect of of one hundred percent complete isolation and not going. Out well, of mitigation house. is not elimination. But well, that's it. That, yeah. That's very good. I'm yeah, it's, that. it's you're right. It's it's seeking knowledge to understand what you're up against. That's correct. Which I think is sorely lacking right now in our world. That I think we really don't know what we're up against here. Well, that's 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 part of the problem. We've heard a lot of conflicting things. We can't think our way out of this easily. Yeah, and of course, people will say, "Well, trust the government." Trust, well, you know, you were also the people that told us twenty years ago, "Don't trust the government." Uh, experience um, shows that that's not always a so, winning premise. Uh, what, what, what's the what's the John Lennon quote that's in Ferris Bueller that uh, we love so much too? I don't believe in Beatles. I just believe in me. But then he was the walrus. <laughs> he was the walrus. Yeah. So, you know, I've I've got to take in this information. I've got to synthesize it for myself. That's right. Test it against my own experience. Decide what I'm going to trust. And use those processes then, right, not to let fear run my life. Not to hole up in the basement well, and stay here. And then, you know, I'm going into the office every day, guys. Yeah. I'm out on the, in the world. What you just said is going to lead very well into what he's going to talk about. And I am going to tie all these things together like you won't I'll believe. Be this is great. We've done it. Because we weren't we've sure we were going to be able to do that. We're all right. Sure. And with that, then, I'm going to pass the baton to Francis. Because I, I, I think you summarized it really well. That, that was perfect. I'm going to let him go then. Oh, okay. Well, that's and not, fine. And not take off with my, anymore. Yeah. Now, most of the time when we do this, sometimes we coordinate... But most of the time, we just say, I want to do this. And sometimes we'll say, well, I've got three or four. I'll pick this one and go with that. This was not the case this time. Right. This is a total lack of coordination. So yeah. this is, again, it's right up my alley. This, we we <laughs> are trying to set, we're trying to stump you. We've never been able to do this This yet. is This is Robert's Everest. That's right, I because this was a tough ah, one. Because these are kind of not, he's figured out how to do this somehow. I got it. Uh, a, little, a little setup for this one here. I don't know if you all have been watching the Netflix TV series, The Crown. I have not. I've seen parts you of it. You really should. The fourth season just dropped. Uh, it's the story of Queen Elizabeth. It star- it's, uh, it's, it's Elizabeth II. Elizabeth II. Well, yes, I suppose we should say that. Yeah, Elizabeth II. Our gal. Our gal. That's right. She's one of our heroes, heroes you know, so to speak, <laughs> in many respects. And uh, it's star- it starts, it's, it's intended to be six years, six seasons. Four have now dropped. The fourth one just dropped. The first two will cover her early years of her reign. Actually, before her reign, how she ascends, uh, it covers from like 1948 up through '62. Uh, it's with Claire Foy, who won an Emmy, by the way, for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Matt Smith, who played uh, Prince Philip, whom we all love because he was the Eleventh Doctor on Doctor Who. So <laughs> you know, we kind of liked it anyway. The second 
the third and fourth seasons were they they recast for older folks and Olivia Coleman plays her as Tobias Menzies plays Prince Philip. You probably know him from Outlander. He was Black oh, yeah. Jack Randall uh, as well as he was uh, he was Edmure Tully in uh, Claire's husband. Claire, yes, and he's appeared in Bond films too, right? Uh, he has. That's correct. I'm a big fan. Tobias Menzies is a really great guy. My wife is in love with him, but I, I try to get over that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that story is, of course, it's covered this fourth season, which we're not finished with yet. My wife and I, this is one of the things we watch together. It's a great, I, I cannot recommend it enough, it is a great understanding and showcase of the power of marriage and how it can and should be able to withstand anything. And I'm sorry, you know, she's the freaking Queen of England. Yeah, you want to talk about a stressful marriage, and yet they've been married seventy-three years, uh, as of right now. Uh, so that's kind of one of the reasons we're attracted to the idea. But this fourth season takes place in the eighties, so it brings in Princess Diana, and from my perspective, Margaret Thatcher, who the is Iron Lady, the Iron Lady, who is played by one of our other folks that we love, Gillian Anderson. X Files. Oh my God! You want to talk about? Like I said, she is. She flat out nails it. We know she's a great actress. We love her anyway. Uh, wow. She plays a Margaret Thatcher like you wouldn't believe because she's one of the main characters in this series. Uh, and it's, Does she say don't go all wobbly? Because oh, I'd love no. to hear her say that. No, but, she, <laughs> but she, she's got, you know... You know, she's not even British, is she? No. No, she's not. But, she, oh, my God. You, you she is a great to, actress. You though. have to watch yeah. this. She's really that good. Uh, and she comes across because we grew up during the time of Margaret Thatcher. You know, that yes. was when we were in our ascendancy, high school and college. Uh, and the world that we knew, we're seeing reflected on the screen, which is, you know, kind of fun. They're going through the Falkland Islands War right now. No, I won't. The Falkland Islands? I wasn't going to say that. Wait, what was it? No, see, <laughs> Robin, Robin Williams. Robin Williams did that. Yeah, exactly. No, it's Falkland Islands. Anyway. She's been on my mind because I'm seeing her so yes. well portrayed. Yes. Uh, so I said, when we got together, this, I'm going to do a, Mag a Maggie quote. We've not done one. We should. And the one that I was drawn to, and I had to get the exact quote because I've used a kind of a, a, a corruption of this yeah. uh, several times because I find it fascinating. So it's one I've wanted to do anyway. But it's about consensus. Uh, the corruption that I always use, consensus is the absence of leadership which I'm sure she probably said that in certain ways, but the quotation that I have, the exact quotation from her, is slightly different. Uh, and I think it's worth pursuing for us, but I'll give you the quotation from her. It's, it's about consensus, as I said. Consensus seems to be the process of abandoning all beliefs, principles, values, and policies. Now, there's a longer piece after that, but I'm going to zero us in on that to kind of keep us together. What is that longer piece? Oh, you want to, okay, I'll yeah, give yeah. it to Yes, she says, so it becomes something in which no one believes and to which no one objects. See, I think that's important. Okay, that's I right. really do. I think I think you do need that. Okay, absolutely. I'll, I mean, it's your quote. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I just, but I think that's trying important. It, trying to keep it simple here, but I'll read it again uh, together. So that's kind of like the biography that stops with the death. Very good. You're exactly right. You need the whole. You need the whole piece for context. Consensus seems to be the process of abandoning all beliefs, principles, values, and policies. So it is something in which no one believes and to which no one objects. In many respects, this sounds to me like consensus is a tool that is used to dumb everything down in order to get everybody to yes, agree. Yes, I was just thinking the least common denominator, the least, the least offensive thing that we could do to. Yeah. That's right. And, and you, certainly you don't want to offend anybody anymore. Well, that's kind of why this is, you know, so apropos right now, is you're so worried about not offending, you're willing to abandon all your principles 
uh, in the name of that. And I see that as dangerous. And she did too. Yeah. Uh, because principles have to be, you know, they, 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 they're supposed to stand for yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can't, uh, if, if, you, if you have the clarity of mind to articulate your principles, and she certainly did, disagree with her if you want to, but yeah. nobody doubted where she lay. Yeah, I mean, like her or not, she was, she was very a clear. person of principle. Very clear, too. She, was, she could articulate, she could state it, and she was consistent with it. Uh, and she didn't and, care whether you liked it and or she, not. Uh, absolutely. She, she said she, uh, if you go through life, and says this actually in The Crown, she, she gives this quotation to the Queen Elizabeth. She said, if you go through life without enemies, you're not doing anything. <laughs> uh, That's a very good point. And, and, yeah. and she actually quote she actually quotes a, a a poem that she reads on you know in, in in part of the episode about that. I can't give it to you, but uh, it's it's very clear on that. She doesn't care. She wants to do the right thing, and it doesn't matter if you agree with her or not. But she knows what's right, and see that moral certitude, that confidence in your in your own being correct. It's not just because you want it that way. She's, she's definitely not that. She has a reason why that she can articulate this is the right thing to do, and it's never self-serving. That type of confidence is usually, it usually scares the bejeebus out of people. That's one of the reasons. It sure she, does. Absolutely, because nobody can be that right. She, well, you know, did, she didn't care. She knew she was, and in most of the time, she really was. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, on the one hand, we we like people that have that moral certitude. Oh right? yeah, we're attracted to that to a degree. Um, but we also, because we are creatures of dichotomies, good word dichotomies. We use that a lot. It's it hasn't it hasn't appeared lately. It's um, time for it to it's come back. Jungian. It's very yes. Jungian. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, but because we are uh, humanity, we are people of dichotomies. We also like things. You know, we like the moral certitude, but we also don't like it when people are, have too much certitude. Right. That's right. Because. Because on one hand, you know, we because like, we like that firm leadership. That's right. But on the other hand, we don't like it when you're smug about it. Yeah, nobody uh, can be that we, smart. We don't like anybody who, if in our perception, thinks they're better than us. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. That's and it. this is this is and an it's easy to get that perception, even if it's not true. Right. And this is an interesting thing uh, about her. I never. And granted, now we were more philosophically aligned with her than than others, so uh, maybe we don't see it because we're blind to that. But I never got that kind of sense from from her that she thought she was better than somebody else. No, she she was had not. moral certitude. Yes, but it was wasn't because of an, of her innate goodness. It's yeah, it's not hers. She she's re, she's referring to a principle that she holds. Right. You know, she had certain values. I like to use the word values. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how I like to, to think of these. Well, she's from core, a modest background. Right. She was. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, when you have core values. Uh, you know the reason I call them cores because that's just it. They they, they should define you. Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, as she says, when you uh, give into consensus, you are likely throwing the, throwing those things away. And, but I like to contrast her style of being of that moral certitude to what we see so much today. Yeah. Where moral certitude, and I'm speaking about certain types of people in in particular, but I won't name them. Their moral certitude is literally seems to be tied to the fact that it's because they are so good. You know, that yeah. they are better than everyone else. Uh, that's what leads to cancel culture. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there is a entitlement that goes with that. Well, I don't know that's necessarily well, only we have the so, so much as, yes, it's just that, that we are so much better that, well, than anyone else. It's not tied anymore to 
a moral precept is tied to a political precept. Yeah, well, and how you feel about something. Yeah, well, that's that's your and 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 it's not to say that that the things that those uh, the people who are like that that what they want is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. How they go about things yeah. is where I, I tend to have my problems with it. Persuasion is gone. Yes. Making an argument about something is gone. Right. And it's now the argument is, if you don't believe this, you're a pig. Right. Well, if you if you do not agree, we, we will destroy you. Yes. yes. It, it all goes back to, as we, as we the all said, you don't, you don't make compromise with the devil. That's yeah. right. Um, and, you know, comp- you can make the argument compromise as part of consensus, but in a way it's not because... Um, the way, the way I think of consensus is basically, you know, you're sitting around in a, in a meeting uh, and, you know, you need consensus to get out of the damn meeting. Well, yeah, well and, every, and that's even, literally the way it is. That's right. We're not leaving this room until we come to, a, to an agreement on some, you know, on a way forward, whatever it is. And that presumes everybody's abilities, knowledge, and opinion has equal or decent value. Well, and, I think in reality what it ends up being, consensus ends up being... Those with the loudest or strongest voice or the most um, energy or willingness to die on that hill is what becomes the consensus. It's not really consensus. It's the imposition of somebody's will in a very... um, uh, Oh, shoot. What's the phrase? Dictatorial? No, no. It's uh, like... Well, uh, it's Roosevelt. Passive aggressive. Yeah. Bulldoze everybody else. And then what happens is as soon as you walk out of the meeting... Everyone undermines the consensus at every turn. Right. So. Well, yeah. And just does whatever it is they want. Right, because essentially we always return to our core values. We may violate them and violate them often. Or may, or like you say, in a meeting, just walk away from them. But as soon as you sit back down, give them their way to shut them up so we can get out of here. Yeah. Everybody's been in a meeting like that. Yeah. Everybody. And And I know I'm right. So when I get back to my desk, I'm going to do it my way and show them that I'm right. Right. So. so, yeah, consensus, you're right, has taken the place of persuasion. Yeah. Not everybody can be persuaded. Not everybody should be persuaded. Yeah. The value is what comes out of it, that discussion, mm-hmm. that exchange of ideas. Yeah, because well, you've got to be able to defend your position in order to show your position is worth having. Well, persuasion in, is in a, group dynamics. It's a lost skill. It is. Yeah. Persuasion yeah. is a lost skill. It's who can yell the loudest. Yeah, because you're, you're very much right. The, the current moment is very much who yells the loudest. and Who has the most power. Who bulldozes well, everybody even, I else. I don't even it's necessarily about that. Because I think a lot of things have... Who can cancel the others the fastest. Yeah. Well, that's that's a form of power. Well, it is, yes. It's not It's not formal power. No, it, it doesn't necessarily... Uh, although we all know that, you know, whoever has the power in, you know, if the CEO is in there and he demands that it's different, even though it's the stupidest idea on the world, there are many cultures in business or in politics that go along with the guy with power, even to their own detriment. Well, but there, know, there's a resolution to that, too. If the CEO is wrong... The board can remove The him. board fires well, him, gives him his golden there's, parachute, there's and go a, a different direction. There's a presumption that the board is is independent, though, <laughs> and is willing. Well, larger companies, they generally are. Uh, smaller companies, that can be an issue. Yeah. You know, not every company has a board. I mean, that's... Sure. Yeah. But they're, yeah. Well, the market takes care of that, though. Yeah. Because if, if you make a bad enough mistake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you, know, you, you got to change. Well, you can do something stupid or really... Uh, wrong long term that has short term benefits. Sure. And sometimes the market doesn't correct that. That's right. 
Uh, it, it's complicated. Trevor, it's complicated. Trevor Slattery was in the bathroom last episode. We didn't see him, but he's back again this yes. time. You know, we don't go in there for at least twenty minutes, gentlemen. So, well, I'm, hey, you uh, think you're? Are you ready? Well, I want to. You ready to turn? This I want over to, Robert? to hear Robert tie these things together. He's already pulled out the hammer, but, but before we, t- yes, we gotta yes. Hate, take a slug of this yes, dang old yes, bourbon. A quick break. Uh, listeners, uh, grab a, guys, grab another little Debbie out of the bowl there. I've already had to try the chocolate. Uh, yeah, I had the. I had we got Christmas, Christmas tree little Debbies. Yeah, some are vanilla and some are chocolate. I had vanilla first. I'm gonna have chocolate like Robert. So I, get I it, yeah, get another little Debbie out of the bowl. Um, <coughs> but we are back with Quarter Horse Reserve. Yes, yes. Uh, worked out great it's growing last time. on me. It's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, I a, 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 a probably I don't want to say harsher, but. Uh, a stronger, probably a little stronger flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little more, maybe it's been in the wood a little longer. Um, it's got quite a deep, deep caramel color. Mm-hmm. So, a little, little note of uh, thick. I think it's what we described. Yeah, a little bit. Time. Yeah, a little Viscous. bit more chew. This, oh, that's a good word. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Viscous. And uh, a little bit of a chocolate note to it, kind of a semi-sweet. Yeah. Chocolate note. I, I like this for the difference. From the ones we generally have. Yeah. We talked about the the last time we were together. It's unique. um, The burn takes place in in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's one of the ways, one of the things that really defines some kind of whiskey. And yes, technically bourbon is a whiskey, but I like to think bourbon is a whole other thing. It's like I would not call scotch just a whiskey. It's a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. It's its own thing. That's right. That's right. Um, but that burn, you know, for some it's it's in the gullet, some it's down to the stomach. Uh, this is one that's more in the upper palate, I think is the way we put it the last yeah. time. And uh, it moves, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, it seems, seems to slowly work its way down, which is, which is I think, a, a novel sensation. Stays with you a little while, which is good. I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. one that you can, uh, uh, definitely, I think that's what makes it a sipping bourbon. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because it stays with you. You don't have to guzzle it to get anything out of it. You can sip it. And enjoy the, the that one sip for you know five or ten minutes uh, or longer, you know, depending on how, how big you sip, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good bourbon. This is a good choice. Yeah, I like it. Uh, again, I'm just picking it blind off the shelf. Uh, like, hey, a square bottle. Right. <laughs> so let's well, try this out. Well, yeah, Quarter sure, Horse I'm, Reserve. I'm sure from... their marketing department really wants to hear that sort of thing if they're yeah. listening. Because that's, you know, hey, that's got different. you to buy their product. Who's the distillery? Uh, I think it's O.Z. Williams. I'd have to get the bottle. It's, out of, look. it's out of Owensboro, actually, uh, which yes. uh, which is different than most of the ones that we do. Uh, for those, you know, our worldwide listeners, Owensboro is about an hour and a half west of Louisville. Uh, yeah, generally we do Nelson County, uh, Bardstown bourbons. That's which my is favorites. about forty-five minutes south. All right, so yeah, OZ Tyler Distillery, Owensboro, Kentucky. Okay, don't know that one yet, but no, well, we, aged uh, we minimum like of aged a minimum of two years in New Oak Quarter Horse Reserve. I like it, ninety-two proof. It was a it was a good you know you you stepped stepped off the reservation a little bit, stepped out of the comfort zone, uh, and as usual, uh, it paid off. All right. So, well, before, Robert, I'm going to interrupt you one more time, though. Okay. Just uh, appeal to the listeners. If you have a bourbon you would like us to try, you can email us just or, or hit us up on Twitter or whatever. Uh, of course, go to the website. There's always www. great stuff there. Yep, snakesandhonors.com. And you can find our email addresses there. We don't need Absolutely. to go over those here. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. And we always try to have new content uh, every week, at least. Uh, those of us that captain particularly kind of talk about what we're going to talk about. Uh, but we always try to have new content on, because Mar- it's Martin Mondays. And Robert Wednesdays. <laughs> and Francis Fridays. So uh, mm. there's always something yes. out there. We're, we're still trying to get really consistent with that, though. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, life has been really crazy for me at work, so it's been difficult for me to yeah. produce a whole lot yeah. of content. Yeah, but. we're getting the website off the ground, but visit it. Uh, you'll find how to contact us. Uh, but we would love to hear what you got to say about bourbon. Or anything oh, else. Or anything else. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because we get a lot of feedback from listeners all the time. I'm like, you know, why don't you talk about this, guys? Why don't you talk about that? And that's right. Many of these uh, episodes kind of stem from that. We that's say, right. You know, somebody was saying, you know, why didn't you go to We are not this? short of topics, but we can always use more to add to the list. Because oh, yeah. we constantly rearrange. When something comes up that strikes our fancy, we will move it yeah, ahead we'll, of the schedule. Yes, we'll boot stuff to later. That's yep. right. And sneak yep. it in. Go, all Robert. Right, so, uh, before I go into my summation quote. <clears throat> okay. Let's summarize yours again. So, uh, Francis or uh, Martin, yours was um, you get killed walking your doggy. That's right. So it's all about managing risk in life. Life is dangerous. Life, yeah, yeah. There's don't don't be ruled by fear. Right. So, and that's a great way. To, I love the way you put that. So, Francis, yours is about consensus, consensus, and of the abandoning of principles and beliefs uh, in order to achieve that. Right. Okay. So that's a good setup. So, um, my quote is from a gentleman named Francis Chan. Uh, it's Francis with an I, so very much like your Francis. Yes, yes, the male Francis. The male Francis. Um, it turns out he's actually a Protestant pastor. Uh, I actually okay. did a little bit of looking up on him because uh, I, uh, I have a list of quotes that I pull from, but I don't always uh, necessarily know who the person is I'm going to be quoting from. Sure, okay. Because uh, to me, the quote was more important than the source. So I did a quick look up on him, and, and strikingly enough, this is a man who, even though he's Protestant pastor, apparently has spoken highly of the real presence uh, of Christ in the Eucharist. Wow. Uh, so I, I'm actually going to do some more reading on him. That sounds very Catholic-friendly. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good thing. Very much We're so. We're very Protestant-friendly. Cool. Yes. yes. <clears throat> We'd like to convert all of them. <laughs> um, leave no one behind. That's right. Um, so anyways, he, he, he's a, a teacher as well as author and, 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 um, and, and pastor. Which, when you're Protestant, a lot of that tends to go together. Uh, So his quote is this. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Whoa. Now, I think this is profound on its own. Well, uh, yeah. Because fear should not be failure, but succeeding. Right. Uh, Another way of putting that... uh, 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 succeeding in things that don't really matter in life uh, is this. You know, uh, forget what motivational speaker said this years ago, but um, uh, I think it was Stephen Covey. He was talking about uh, the difference between efficiency and effectiveness. You know, efficiency is uh, climbing to the top of the ladder. Mm -hmm. Effectiveness is realizing you've climbed the wrong ladder. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know, very quick summary of that. Uh, And this is kind of that way. You know, you don't want to be good at things that are either the wrong things to be good, you know, that are bad things yeah. or that just don't matter. Because uh, I think a lot of people get stuck in a rut and sometimes they get to be good at what they do in those ruts. And so it's hard to break out of them. And so that's being successful in something that doesn't really matter. Uh, now, it may, it may matter in the sense that it may put food on their table and that sort of thing. 
Uh, and you know, so not all ruts are good. Certainly, you can be stuck in a rut that is a spiral downward into your own personal hell. Well, addiction kind of comes yes. to mind as that, you know, uh, very much so. Uh, and so, the thing we should fear is doing that, not a failure, because just as Martin said, you know, we're talking about fear. Everything is a risk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sometimes that fear of failure leads us to doing the safe thing. And that can be bad because it doesn't enable us to live fully. You know, I said earlier, you know, it's one of those themes I like to come back to, living fully our humanity. Uh, And that fear of failure can lead us down the safe path. Now, that fear of failure, uh, that fear of uh, rocking the boat, that fear of sticking out, however you want to put that, to Mm. me those are all similar things. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can, the hammer, the wrong kind of hammer can come down on you for sticking out in the wrong setting mm-hmm. or in the right setting. Yeah, and that's one of the fears I've worked to overcome. There you go. Is, is that, oh, I don't want to be different. Then I realized, you know what? I kind of am different and I yes, don't care. We're all individuals. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. not. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's, it's okay to be different. Exactly. You know, that's one of those things that, uh, it, I talked about earlier that you know, it's a dichotomy. We want to belong, but we also want to be a little unique too. Yeah, right? and, and, and they are constantly butting heads. Yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo just like everybody else, so I can show I'm an individual. Exactly. Hmm. Um, and so that that fear of failure leads us to Francis's consensus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that fear of failure often leads us to abandon what's important. Either because we're too afraid to take the risk, or because we don't want to rock the boat, or just because we don't have the mental energy to to swim against the tide, to go against the grain, to buck the system. And so that's how, I think more often than not, consensus in this sense happens. So yeah, yeah fear, fear of failure, fear of managing the risk leads us to abandoning our principles yeah. and don't, come don't to be consensus. A, yeah. Don't be afraid to be Gibraltar. <laughs> yes. It's okay. You can be unmovable if it's for a, a principle. Right. If it's for a core that value. presumes it's a good principle. Be prepared to define it and defend it. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't yeah. just do yes. one. Yes. I mean, that's you one of both. your things, too, that you, you always love the idea that, you know, friction sharpens the argument. That's right. It does. You better be able to explain, uh, against all comers, why it is you believe what you believe. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be a, universal. It needs to be something that absolutely you can you can defend that nobody should be able to disagree with. That's the principle. Uh, in my list of quotes, there's another one. I'll burn it here because I don't know that I'll ever use it, but it's one I really like. And that is, if you can't explain something simply enough, then you don't really understand it. Well, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So if you cannot explain you, what, you, what you're fighting for well uh-huh. enough... Then you probably you need to, to figure it out a little bit better before you fight. Well, that's exactly right, and because so many times, and this even in the political universe, it's always this: it's because so and so says so. That's kind of where that comes to. Because my party says so, my candidate says so, or somebody I heard on the internet says so. That is always a false and ridiculous reason for believing something. You yep. got, you can, and should do better. It's confirmation bias, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, you know. Confirmation bias can can be okay, 
because you trust the sources. Mm-hmm. But you, right. you should trust the sources because they're good sources, not just because you're in an echo chamber. Yeah. And echo chamber's good. It, it yeah. conforms to your experiences and to what you have had success with in the past. Right. And, you know, nowadays it seems like everybody's in an echo chamber politically. Yeah, that's correct. Everybody who voted for Joe Biden was absolutely sure he was going to win in a landslide. Everybody who voted for Donald Trump was absolutely sure he was going to win hands down. But it didn't, I know, granted, he didn't win, but it wasn't nearly the landslide at all. No, it was, it was a still a close race. It was a very close race, yeah. uh, especially percentage wise. You know, when you're trying to yeah. few million votes, that doesn't sound close, but as a percentage over 50 states, yeah, that's pretty darn close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a handful of votes in a handful of states determined the winner. And that's almost always the case. That's correct. Well, the polarization has happened. Right. But, I mean, even before the polarization got this bad, it was almost always that way. Uh, you know, well, there's some exceptions. But yeah, yes. I mean, you know, Reagan's landslide, Nixon's landslide, you know, those are the kind of things that... that uh, yeah. That was not close in any stretch of the imagination. But <clears throat> this whole idea, though, that, that fear, when it drives you, that's bad. Because yeah. fear without, ri- without taking the risk... Is is real cowardice? Ah, that's and a good way of putting it. Because risk is what makes life worth living. Because the risk, the bigger the risk, the bigger the gain. Mm-hmm. Generally, yeah. well, and now we're not talking about too foolish. Big. We're not talking about foolishness. Right. Exactly. Some risks are too big to take. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to take everything I own and mortgage everything and buy lottery tickets. You know, especially right. Powerball, because the odds are way against me. Right. And again, that's the idea of. Managing your risk, <coughs> risk mitigating. I mean, yeah, I could take my entire bank. Yeah, I could take prudence my entire bank account and buy lottery tickets with it. Maybe I'd get my money back. Maybe I'd win big. Right. I the, most, the most likely outcome though is that I'd have a bank balance of zero. You might win a few hundred dollars back, but that's about it. That's about it. You know, just because I can do something a thousand times better, meaning I can buy a thousand lottery tickets, my chances of winning are a thousand times greater. Well, yeah, but when your chance was one in a million, a thousand in a million isn't that much, or you know, yeah, exactly. It's really a lot. You can't run away from the math, boys. Exactly, people should really know that. No matter how much you think you can, yeah. No matter how because putting putting twenty bucks a week in a lottery, hey, what the heck? You never know. Right, because we waste twenty bucks on all kinds of things. I I don't really care about that. But yeah, wasting two thousand dollars a week—that's a little different. That's different. Yeah. I mean, unless Throw, you're throwing your paycheck away is right, which is the same thing as you know going to the boat and playing the slots or well, blackjack I, I or whatever. Say you know, yeah. addiction is, is heavy in that area, and I'm you know, and in many ways, I, I have real issues with the whole legalized gambling business because I think it's predatory. Well, it is uh, one of the things that is very uh, very common uh, where you see legalized gambling, and I mean you know just beyond the the racetrack even, although it's you see it there too. Yeah, when you legalize gambling. Beyond things like lottery tickets, because that's a lot easier for people to manage. Uh, it's generally done with disposable income, with rare yeah. exceptions. Mostly disposable. Yeah. Uh, although I think the lottery is a tax on the poor, personally. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Um, but you see pawn shops and places like that that you know that cater to, uh, in payday loans, they sprout geometrically. Like dandelions. Exactly. When you legalize... Uh, gambling. That's right. Because and it's not necessarily causation, that, but the correlation is pretty damn strong. Whatever feeds the monster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a reason the House 
always wins. I mean, there's a reason the house is able to build these enormous, you know, Taj Mahal, Caesar's Palace didn't come because people were winning lots of money there. Exactly. Only so, suckers buck the tiger. The odds are all on the house. house. That's right. But well, there That's you right. go. From Tombstone, Val Kilmer. Don't, ex- don't explain. No, I don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, because you quoted Val Kilmer, not from a Val Kilmer movie, you know, from Heat. You know, we kind of had to... Well, that was, yeah, but that was explaining the the, the Code of Honor quote. It was actually Al Pacino, of course, that was the uh, the person you were quoting. But anyways, so... So I think all of these work together. To me, they're they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I was wondering how you were going to do this. You've done it. You've you've crested Everest, Robert. That's right. It is my job. Plant your frickin' flag. Boom. So and nail it in with a hammer, you. But I also think it goes back to one of one of the things that is and core to me. And you didn't have a sherpa, and I didn't have a sherpa. All all I need is the hammer. Right. Uh, well, you well, I don't mean this in a way to denigrate, but you guys are carrying the weight. I'm just th- I'm putting the icing on the on the. the so you're in the sedan chair, and yes. we're carrying you up Everest. I wasn't going to explicitly go there, but all right, you guys are my sherpas. Uh, okay, and <laughs> yeah, he did have sherpas. <laughs> <There was ours. laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, well. But I, I think that, you know, for me, and so often... It's a good thing we can make each other laugh. It is. But, you know, one last thing I want to say about this is that for me, one of the reasons I like this so much because this is truly goes to my core values. I, and that's how I, I almost always bring the quotes and the discussion back around that because to me, if it's a, truly about code of honor, you know, things to live by... Mm-hmm. Uh, not just you know funny sayings. Anybody can do a, a show on funny sayings. Sometimes we do funny sayings. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, but we also tend to turn them into something serious. Yeah, um, turn them questions. Exactly. We're gonna go there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you take a movie line and it's a throwaway thing, but then you've added all this weight to it based on something that means something very personal to you. Francis and I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I pull less from movies than than either one of you. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, well, you know. Um, well, it it also gives our, our listeners a, a likelier window into what we're doing. We don't always have to go to uh, to Cicero or, or Homer, true, Although, or, or Chesterton, or, or whatever. Chester, which we, yeah. we know, hey, they're you know they're on the table, of course. Right. Anything. Yeah. Anything is really on the table. Um, but I, I like the window that it provides uh, and the opportunity to discuss these sorts of issues because. They're not being discussed. Amen. That's except I think, here at Snakes and Otters. We that's are. I think one of the services that we truly do. You know, this is not me blowing smoke up our own asses. I really think that this is important, and why I really want us to to reach farther is if for no other reason than what we do in this one week. Shoot, some people now, never we get do it most weeks from us. But especially the history and the code of yeah. honor, but uh, and and, our, and tend to do it in our heroes, the uh, pop culture not quite as much, but we still do it sometimes yeah. there. Yeah, and hoopa jubes. It's easy for us to go there, but it, it, it's important because these kinds of things aren't being talked about the way they should be. Amen. Um, because as you were talking about, the art of persuasion is a lost thing. Uh, discussion is a yeah. lost discussion. Thing. You know the the old tagline to National Review is. Standing athwart history, yelling stop. Yeah. Um, standing athwart popular... Standing athwart TikTok. <laughs> standing athwart TikTok, there is snakes and otters. That's, That's right. right. You know, and we don't need to be on Parler or Facebook or any other thing to, to do that. And honestly, that's balkanizing yourselves. I think that's a bad thing. 
balkanizing. There's a good word. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't used that one before. That's that's. I'm glad. Bravo, sir. Very yeah. well done. Well, it's an important thing to recognize. The more we segregate uh, intellectually, the worse our country becomes. That's uh, right. In many ways, uh, intellectual balkanization. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Intellectual balkanization, and the effect of it is the 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 dire political divisions that we have. Um, it's nearly a 50-50 division, give or take a little. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's a bad thing. It really is. And if we can get people to start thinking past those kinds of lines, yeah. then, you know, that's our way of giving back to the Republic. Well, yeah, so, you know, it's well, very so. interesting. Yeah, I mean, the podcast is easy to dismiss it certainly is fun. I mean, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't fun. Right. Right. But it does mean something to each of us uniquely and and then corporately. Yeah, together. You know, it's Francis here is the exuberant one. We we tease him a little bit about yes, his, you do. his yes. passion, but I love it. I love his passion for it. Somebody's got to carry that water, boys. Come on. And and for me, listeners, I mean, you've heard me talk about it before. It's me trying to live and be, come to terms with being an introvert and coming to terms with being somebody who maybe doesn't fit and doesn't have friends quite everywhere. I have acquaintances and people are kind. I don't mean that people bully me or are mean, but, you know. Because I like to say they wear me out. <laughs> well, you that's know, how it works for us introverts. For someone, exactly. I, I seek friendship and seek relations, but I'm not good at it. And I'm, you know, this, this... Well, for people like us, not that extroverts don't have deep relationships, but we concentrate on fewer relationships. Yeah. And therefore, it's easier for us to put all of our energy into those yeah. than to divide it up amongst others. Yeah. Uh, extroverts can probably have and probably do have deep relationships just like we do. Um, we just tend to focus more on... Yeah. on I, I always say I'm notoriously horrible at small talk. If you come across me in an elevator in a building, I'm probably going to barely be able to get out. Hey, how you doing? Right. <laughs> that's all I can do. I'm just, that's not me. I can't do that. If I'm going to talk to you, guess what? Saddle up. Because we're, we're talking something for real. Yep. And this is that outlet for me. And and then Robert is equally as passionate about all of this, mm-hmm. and has his own things that it, he believes in. He's probably the most articulate of all of us, personally. Well, thank you. I I, I don't know that I would say that, but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. None of us are slouches in that area. Obviously, we can all. It takes all three of us to carry it. You know, three yeah. legs of the stool. That's the only thing yes, that supports it. This but... doesn't work with one of us gone. That's correct. We could. It never absolutely do that. does not. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It may well. I mean, it may work. It may be entertaining, but it's not nearly. I don't. Good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It. I don't know. Well, that's what if we, one of us were for ill for a stretch, we'd have to pause. Yeah, I, I think out of generosity, I think we would tell the other two. Oh yeah, go ahead. Right. But the other two would go. Nope, we can't do it. That's right. We'll just. Yeah, we'll wait. Be we'll very just difficult. Wait. Very. We'll difficult. just wait. And that's one. The of dynamic things. is different. Well, yeah. any that, two of us together is not. We are greater than the sum of our parts. And I think that's what brings this podcast better than any other podcast you'll find out there. Nobody does The Power of Three. Very few. I don't want to say nobody. Because we've not heard all podcasts. It's pretty rare. It's rare. As far as as three equals. 
Yeah. Well, that's correct. There's often a lead and a couple of sidekicks, maybe. Perhaps. But but we, oh, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, probably comedians would have sidekicks in theirs and right. stuff. Or yeah. Even, we you know, people have guests, you know, yeah. regular guests, things like that. A lot of them do interviews. But we don't do And that. it's not a niche, either. Right. Uh, that's something we're bucking the tide on. We're, we're, Most we're, podcasts are niche. Yeah, we're podcasts, universalists. And we're, yeah. we're not we're, doing that. Right, because even where we categorize or... the... Sh- yeah, sorry. <laughs> even where we categorize the shows... You're, there's no telling what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about the beginnings of ancient Rome mm-hmm. and the Civil War and modern politics and World War One. I. I mean, there's no telling what we're going to talk about. And, and I that's think that's what's the beauty so great of about it. us. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I hope we're entertaining with it, but yeah, we are. you know, I really do. I like to think of this as one of the ways we we contribute to the public discourse mm-hmm. hopefully the positively the betterment of the human species gentlemen i, I mean uh, let's not go too far i mean we still <laughs> need to be able to get our heads back i didn't up the say steps. we were doing it i'm saying we're trying it yeah well, that's it's the thing. Our, our aim our goal our our reach uh should always be for something that's just beyond our grasp yeah right yes. your reach should exceed thank you robert should, browning there. should exceed your grasp that's right because to me, well, that's, you know, that's succeeding at things that don't matter. If it's easy to do, who cares? So we, we took a quote from a violent movie and, and a politician and a preacher and turned that into a discourse about the nature of human striving for greatness. Yep. I'm liking it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And then, yeah, yeah. It's what we do. That's I what mean, we do. Yeah. Uh, now, listeners, uh, if you're just finding us, take note. No seasons here. That's right. No seasons. No right. seasons. We are continuous. There will be 52 episodes a year. And this is what you're in for. It could be about anything and everything. Absolutely. Well, technically, this year there will be 53 because I want to say there are 53 Fridays this year. That's awesome. Because the 31st is a, or no, wait, 31st is a Thursday, so maybe not. I have to go back and look. Curious, but you know, hey, whatever, it, it works, you know. Every once in a while, there's going to be a 53rd Every Friday, Friday, there's a new, fresh episode. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And we got some great stuff. Francis, buddy, what's next? Speaking of which, yes. Uh, we're going to a Heroes, and this is one we, we alluded earlier. Occasionally, we will kick something aside if it's topical. We're going to do that next time because, as you probably all we all know, the great Sean Connery just passed away just a few weeks ago. And once that happened, I said, "Boys, we've got to you know new plan, totally new plan." Like they said, <laughs> Monty Python. We're going to do a Sean Connery episode. So that's what we're going to talk all about: the man, the actor, the 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 preeminent preeminence of his craft, which is something we all love. We talk about that all the time. We're going to talk about him. Toast him, remember him, his great movies. Not just James Bond, although I'm sure that's going yeah, to be lots of part. It's going to be a big part of it, of course. It's going to be fantastic as always. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.